I'm Jennifer Delacuadri, and this is the Raising Happy Teens podcast, where you learn how to successfully guide your teenager into adulthood without losing your sanity in the process. Let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast. A while back, I think it was probably a year ago, I did a podcast that was all about helicopter parenting. If you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend you go back and take a listen. But today I'm going to be talking about another approach to parenting, and it's called lighthouse parenting. I first heard this term a few months ago, and being a teen parent, young adult coach, I was immediately intrigued. Anytime there is a term to describe any type of parenting or really give me a chance to reflect upon my own actions as a parent, I am immediately interested and want to learn more. So I did some research, I looked into it, and I thought this is something that my listeners could really benefit from hearing about and learning about. And whenever I share information like this, I always advise you as a parent to listen with curiosity. You are a human with your own brain. You get to form your, form your own opinion about things. But that being said, I want you to listen to this podcast and just ask yourself, what about this applies to me? What doesn't? What would I like to adopt or learn from this? And what doesn't resonate? And then apply it to your life and course correct along the way. That's what parenting is really all about, right? So today I'm going to be sharing what lighthouse parenting is, where it came from, and the characteristics of a lighthouse parent. I'll talk about the potential advantages and disadvantages and the challenges that come with this style of parenting. And finally, I will share some tips for incorporating this style of parenting into your repertoire. So let's dive in. First off, I just love the term lighthouse parenting. As the name suggests, the idea, the idea behind it is that the parent is a lighthouse for the teen, literally, <laughs> guiding and supporting them along the way. Lighthouse parents, really, they walk alongside them and they trust them to give them space to figure out their own life. They allow their teen, their child to make mistakes and grow. And a big part of being a lighthouse parent is acknowledging that your child will grow and change. And as such, your approach to parenting them will change as well. And the concept of a lighthouse parent, it comes from a book that's called Raising Kids to Thrive by Dr. Kenneth Ginsberg. He explains in his book that parents are the lighthouses observing the ships or their children at sea. They're watching and present, but they're also distant observers. And I talk about this all the time on the podcast, but the idea is that trusting your child will give them confidence to try new things, which makes them more independent and capable in the future. So basically you're around, but you're not intruding. And that's really one of the biggest challenges the parents I work with have, really knowing the difference between supporting and intruding, because it's really not always clear. So to me, Supporting is showing your teenager the spreadsheet you use to maintain your budget. And intruding is sitting them down and giving them a full tutorial without being asked. Of course, in both of these scenarios, the intent here is the same. It's to help, but the delivery is 
so different. And the way your teen receives it is so different. Whereas if you're just sitting there saying, you know what, this really works for me, I'd be happy to share it with you if you are ever in a position to want to know a little bit more about how to manage your finances. The other is, I don't trust you to figure it out on your own. You don't know what you're doing. You have to do it the way I'm doing it. Now, of course, the second example, they're not meaning, you're not meaning to do that. That's not really your intention. Your intention is, hey, I have this really great tool. I really want you to have it. But the delivery and the way it can be received is just so different. So here are some characteristics of lighthouse parenting. The first is unconditional love. Now that's not unconditional approval, but you love them no matter what, and at the same time, you're setting boundaries for their behavior. So of course, not everything your teenager is gonna do is going to be okay with you, and that's all right. That's part of being a lighthouse parent, but you will love them no matter what you're doing is an underlying idea that I will love you no matter what happens. And I'm also going to set some boundaries and expectations around your behavior at the same time for the benefit of all of us. Another characteristic is setting the right kind of expectations. I talked about expectations in last week's podcast, but to sum it up, it's all about finding a balance between pushing them and supporting them in reaching their, their achievable goals, the ones that are important to them. And again, that's a very subtle difference, right? Because you have expectations for the goals that you would like them to reach, but if they're not into it, if they're not wanting to do it, they're going to be less motivated to do it. And ultimately there's going to be disappointment in the end. So setting the right kind of high expectations would involve, let's talk about what you want for yourself. I'm going to share with you what I would like for you. And let's find a common middle ground where we both feel like we're getting what we are needing and what we're wanting out of this. And then work together to set goals that feel realistic and achievable and are in alignment with what we're both wanting. Sounds simple, not always easy to do in practice. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like when I am coaching, I have this idealistic view of what's possible. And the reason why I have that is because I've seen it in my own life. I have applied it in my own life. And being idealistic isn't a problem. And it goes back to those expectations of if you have these expectations and you believe they're idealistic, there's nothing wrong with that. But it all comes back to adjusting and course correcting as you go. So when you think of the idea of sitting down with your teenager and like, hey, share with me what's important to you. I'll share with you what's important to me. If you think about doing that and you think, gosh, my teenager would just roll their eyes and say, I don't really want to talk about it. That's certainly how some teenagers would respond. But that doesn't mean you quit and you give up and you think, oh, well, I guess my teenager isn't going to respond to that style. I'm just going to lay down the hammer and say, this is how it is. No, you just keep trying and you keep that idealistic view in your head and continue on with that expectation and that hope in your mind of what you would like, the intention. The next one is not overprotective. You're protecting and supporting them, but you're also giving them independence, right? And that kind of goes back to the helicopter parenting is putting up the, the buffers so that nothing bad ever happens to your kid 
that's not going to be helpful in the long run. So you're not going out there and overprotecting them or buffering them from any kind of disappointment or failure. So you're supporting them, but also letting them experience the realities of life, the ups and downs of life and sitting alongside them when that disappointment happens. Another characteristic is encouraging them to develop coping skills rather than jumping in and solving their problems for them. So again, ask them what they would like to do instead of telling them what you do or what you think they should do. Let them come up with this solution on their own. And one of my very favorite questions, and I say, I know I've said this on the podcast before, but some of you are new and I know that. And I always like to recommend that when your teenager comes to you with an issue or something challenging that's going on, instead of even just asking them first, how would you, the, the question that I would ask always, how would you like me to support you with this? That goes down to, would you like me to be just an active listener? Or would you like me to help you come up with solutions? And sometimes that may involve, would you like to hear my input on it, right? But always the question is, how would you like me to support you with this? So that they can share before you jump in and make your own assumptions. And this goes back to the idea of helping them develop coping skills. You may have ways of coping with disappointments or frustrations that work for you, but they may not work for your teen. And so when you say, how would you like me to support you with this? You're giving them the option or the opportunity to ask you, what do you think I should do? Right? And in that case, it's never, you should do this. It's if it were me, here's how I would handle it. What do you think about that? And then they can implement whatever. So if they hear something you say and think, gosh, you know, I think I'd really like to give that a try and it doesn't work out. It's still their choice. They did it. That was their decision. And then they can decide, okay, well, next time, maybe I'll try something different. But finding ways to handle the ups and downs of life that feel right to them. It's like their own personal tool belt that works for them. And you're there to help them build that tool belt. And the last one is it always boils down to communication. That's the essential part of it all. And this really involves the non-judgmental, non-violent communication. Regulating your emotions before talking about those important issues. It always boils down to you being the adult and being the person who is going to be in charge of your response, not only for preserving the relationship with your teen, but also for setting an example. This is how we talk about hard things. We don't yell. We don't scream. We don't make assumptions and point fingers. We regulate our emotions first and then approach the conversation in a productive way where everybody there is being heard. That doesn't mean we always agree, but it means that we're not letting our emotions dictate the outcome. And you as the parent are the one who needs to do it first. You lead by example. You be the person where your teenager can see, okay, my parent is really looking at this as something that's important to discuss, but they're not angry at me and they're not using fighting words. 
being able to communicate in a way where everybody's feeling heard, everyone's feeling understood, and emotions aren't dictating the conversation. And if that ever comes up where you realize, okay, emotions are too heightened, push the pause button, figure things out on your own, then come back together at another time. Something that I recommend to some of my clients who come to me and say that whenever they have a conversation with their teenager, it gets really heightened emotionally, is to offer to both parties, let's have a word or a phrase that we communicate that sends the signal, this is getting too heightened for me, I need to push the pause button. And it needs to be respected and honored in every case. So it could be a word, it could be, you know, I need a moment, but it's an understanding that's put in place before the conversation even happens when there is no emotion. It's just, hey, here's what we're going to do in the future. And then both sides respect it and honor it. That's a really good way of keeping your conversations from spiraling into something that's not going to be productive or helpful and even potentially harmful down the road. So some of the advantages of lighthouse parenting that will take place on your teen, the, the, the impact that it has on your teen is good EQ, good emotional intelligence and good self-regulation. And again, that comes from you. You're setting the example. And I know EQ isn't something that everybody is born with, but it comes and develops over time with being more in touch with yourself. It really does start with being in touch with yourself and setting an example for your teenager. And as a lighthouse parent, you give your teen the opportunity to develop that EQ and to be, learn how to self-regulate. Another advantage is higher self-esteem, really because they feel respected, they feel trusted, and they feel supported. That's where self-esteem really comes from. So they can go out into the world and you can't really predict what other people are going to say or do or respond or how they're going to respond to your teen, but they always know they have that safe place at home. And that is what will help them develop really strong self-esteem and self-trust. And speaking of self-trust, another advantage is that they will be more independent because they'll trust themselves. They won't be leaning on you to make every little decision they'll know that it really is ultimately up to them and that they are in the driver's seat of their life. They'll also be more re resilient and better able to solve problems because again, they've learned it at home. And resilience really comes from knowing that you'll be okay no matter what the outcome is. And when you have a solid foundation at home, you are less likely to be pulled into, I am my outcomes. I am my output. So the resilience really will come from that. And again, good communication skills. I've spoken with this already. And higher levels of empathy. Empathy for other people. And that goes back to that EQ. Some of the challenges with lighthouse parenting is it requires a really good understanding of your teen. So empathy on your part. You need to be able to read their emotions and behaviors, which like I mentioned before, is not easy for everyone. If you are an empath, you understand and you know, and you've likely been in tune with your teen's emotions since they were born. <laughs> so it's not an issue. But sometimes that empathy can be kind of clouded by circumstances. So practicing that empathy and being aware that it does require that you understand and you are open to 
what's going on with your teen. It can also be challenging to maintain communication as they enter the teen years and start to crave more independence. They may not want to talk to you about these things, right? It may never be a good time for them and they may close, close you off and shut you down. And that is definitely a challenge when it comes to, and that's where picking the important conversations and kind of sticking with those and letting your interactions with your teen be a little bit more passive and supportive, but those important conversations, maybe they're spread out a little more, but they're happening. They're still happening. And another thing is that not all teens are going to respond well to this style of parenting. Some may need more attention. Some may need less attention and guidance. And as with any approach to parenting, it's really the essential part is to figure out what works best for both you and your teen. And a few tips here, just be loving and supportive, but don't be afraid to set boundaries. Encourage them to talk about what they're thinking and how they feel about things. Remember, communication is a two-way street. Help them find their own coping strategies for difficult situations and being willing to listen without judgment. And just keep in mind, there's no right way to parent. In fact, it can be helpful to combine multiple approaches to parenting and find your own recipe, the one that works for you. And as always with anything parenting, be patient with yourself, be patient with your teen, always assume positive intent and approach situations with curiosity and you're on the right track. And parenting really can be a roller coaster ride, but you don't have to figure these things out on your own. My coaching programs are tailored to meet the needs of each individual client. And whether you, your teen, or both of you could use some support, I've got you covered. Click the link in the show notes to schedule your complimentary consultation today. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. If you liked this episode, I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram at jennifer.delacuadri where you'll find more tips, inspiration, and connection to help you navigate this unique and sometimes challenging season of parenthood. I'll see you there.